be really nice if they had a green room for going live on Facebook so I can actually see what the shot is before we go live. But hey, here we are. Today, we're going to talk about meeting etiquette, specifically for meeting remotely. Apparently, a lot of us are going to be working from home for a long time, so we might as well act professionally, be efficient, and be true professionals when we are in meetings, hosting meetings, and all that good stuff. So let's talk about that today. But first, I want to welcome you to the show. This is How to Build a Tent, the podcast, and how to make you successful. That's right. We're a podcast. We're not just on YouTube Live. We have a a show that's been going on for 390 episodes. This is the 390th episode. We're part of the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Over to flfnetwork.com. Put an HGBT to memo fold. You'll get a sweet mug like you can see back there right next to Kingsman Grooming Products. And you get tons of other great benefits. You can get $100 off our conference that's coming up October 1st through the 3rd. Don't want to miss that. I'd love to meet all of you. So check that out. It'll be at Nashville, Tennessee. Pretty cool town. It doesn't get much cooler in Nashville, Tennessee. So we'll be there. Make sure that you check it out. Lord willing. I mean, come on. This coronavirus has to be gone by then, right? October? Yeah. So I think it's safe to say we can um, book your tickets now, you can email me, Matt, at howtobuildatent.com. Find me on all the social media sites, How to Build a Tent. Love to hear from you. Love to see where you're at and hear any show suggestions, what you want me to talk about, any things you disagree with me about. Love to hear from every single one of you. What else do we talk about? All right, let's just get into it. All right, so let's talk about meeting etiquette. And first, I want to go through a friend of the show, a club member, and a guest, he's been a guest on the show too, Calvin, and he shares some meeting rules. Yeah, he said hashtag meeting rules that he learned from working on Amazon. And I thought they were actually really good. And if you have any input and in watching live, you want to add some of your own suggestions, feel free to put them in the YouTube chat. I got another computer up so I can actually see it. For some reason, you can't see the chat in your YouTube live stream, you have to like reference it from another laptop or maybe I'm doing something wrong. I don't know. But anyways, I will see it. So if you want to chat some suggestions or things that you think are important when you are doing online meetings, feel free and I'll take a look at them. Number one from Calvin, who used to work at Amazon. Each meeting call has a leader. It's the leader's job to keep meeting on track and on topic. And let me tell you, there is probably no more important meeting rule than this. You can tell night and day difference between someone who has experience keeping a meeting on track and someone who has never done it before, who's in, who doesn't have the the expertise or the skill to to ring in, uh, especially strong personalities. Especially when you get higher up in organizations, you have these leaders, these VPs, these executives who are used to talking and used to getting their way and running the show. So to have somebody who can articulate and tactfully get a meeting on track, keep people from going off tangents is really crucial. It's really important. So if you find yourself that you are leading a meeting, usually if you are scheduling the meeting, you are going to be the default leader. You need to make sure that you're keeping that meeting on track and you need to think through ahead of time how are you going to handle 
situations where you need to bring people back? Like what kind of words are you going to use? How are you going to say it? When you can think through beforehand what might come up, you'll be better prepared. I learned that from sports. You do that all the time with visualization. I used to do that with soccer all the time. I was a goalie. And I would think through where every different shot could possibly come from on the field. And what do I do? What do I do with my hands? What do I do with my feet? And so I would already have that at top of mind when I was going through and in the actual game, I've been already thinking about it. It's fresh in my mind of what exactly I would do, how I would handle a certain situation. And I've carried that over into my business life as well. Thinking about how am I going to deal with this discussion? How am I going to deal with this meeting? What are the topics that are going to come up? Who are going to be the difficult people? Hopefully you've been at your organization long enough. You can know who's going to be the difficult people and who's going to be the easy people. Who's going to want to talk? Who's going to want to share a story that has nothing to do with the meeting? And if you could just prepare uh, beforehand and think through how you're going to handle these different people, these different strong personalities, you're going to be a much more effective leader in leading meetings. Number two, number two, meetings start on time. Allow a couple minutes for arrival. Start promptly after that and end on time. No flex. Yes, it's really weird when you first start it. But once you are known as this leader who, or team meeting leader who is going to start on time, people will catch on really quickly. I have seen people start meetings five after an hour. So if you have a meeting that ends, let's just say it's a meeting at 3 p.m., then you might have a meeting that goes from two to three. And then there's going to be this time where people have to go to the bathroom or people have to walk from one area to the next. In our cases, you have to hang up, dial in if we're doing all online meetings nowadays. So some people do a strategy of just starting the meeting five minutes after to give people some leeway and then start right at five. What I typically do and what I've seen that I like personally the best is you start it on the hour or at the bottom of the hour. So three, three thirty. But then you give three minutes and you give three minutes for people to show up, talk. They can do whatever they want. They can get their stories out. They can talk about how great they are, or whatever they want to talk about that isn't on topic. And then you start three minutes sharp on the dot. Not sharp. I guess that's not sharp. That's late. <laughs> sharp would be exactly on the hour or, half, or on the bottom of the hour. But then you start right at three. You cut off whatever conversation is happening at three minutes after, and you just go from there. And I, you know, it's kind of rude. Do you feels rude? But people get it, and you're really here to run a meeting. You're not here to have socialization hour. That's what lunch is for. That's what after happy hour is for afterwards. And people are going to love you in the long run to be when you're leading efficient meetings. That is such, I'm telling you, if you could get that down where you are leading efficient meetings, then you are going to be incredibly valuable in an organization. Number three, do not use meetings to discuss unscheduled topics. People won't be prepared. Schedule a different meeting. Now, there might be some exceptions to this, um, especially in a time like this, the coronavirus. Maybe there's things that come up that weren't planned in the meeting that they need to be addressed. And there should be allowances for those kinds of things. But for the most part, this is very true, and I really love this point because people are going to be guessing. You're not going to really get the right the answers that you want that are, have facts, that have evidence, that are being prepared and scheduled and people are comfortable with. You're going to be putting people on the spot. And so it's easy. You can start another meeting. You can talk out offline. You can call. You can call them up after the meeting. You can have an email. You can ping them, Slack, Teams, whatever you use. And then you can actually have a great conversation where people can go get research and come back. Because you don't want to talk about something where nobody has all the research that they're kind of guessing, they're talking off the cuff. It becomes a sloppy meeting. 
It becomes unproductive because you're not sure. You can't make decisions based on facts and evidence and data. And so for the most part, this is true. Make sure that you do not allow any unscheduled topics. Again, there's plenty of time for meetings, which hopefully if you're efficient, they won't be long and they can get right to the point and then they won't be tiresome and people will show up and be engaged and not be doing other things and just not listening. Uh, so th- yeah, keep it on schedule as much as possible. Number four, if anyone goes off topic, including the leader, anyone can knock on the table or wave on the call, post comment, redirect, get back on track. I th- That's kind of hard. I mean, I- Yes, that would be great in an ideal world. I don't know too many places where you're going to do that to a leader of the meeting. That'd be, if you have a culture where you can do that, that's great. Uh, maybe you could start setting that culture if you're a manager or a leader that, hey, guys, you know, I know I'm your boss. I know I'm leading this. But if you find me getting off topic, you have permission to put me on the rails and put me back on track. Um, that, that's great leadership. But I can see that being a problem sometimes, especially like the waves on the call. I've never seen that used before. Maybe that's an Amazon thing. Uh, but yeah, I've never seen that before. Number five, leader makes sure everybody who needs to give input has opportunity, ask direct questions, and ensure both extroverts and introverts have opportunities to speak in their areas of ownership and expertise for a topic. Yes, a hundred times yes. And this goes back to what we were talking about a little earlier about all the different personalities that there can be in a meeting. There's going to be people that want to dominate. There's going to be people that are just waiting for somebody to stop talking so they can talk. There's going to be people that are going to jump in and interrupt people. And then there's going to be people that sit back. They don't really feel the need to tell everyone their life story or what's going on. And they'll be happy with saying as few words as possible in a meeting. The problem is, is if you are doing a meeting correctly, by scheduling it with the people that need to be on the call and no one else, then everybody on that call is important and needs to have feedback. And so as a leader, you want to be responsible to draw out everybody's thoughts and comments to make sure that the everyone's on the same page, make sure that everyone has a holistic view from everyone's different perspectives, and make sure that you give people time who are not necessarily the people that are talking all the time to give them to be able to talk as well. Even if they don't want to do it, it's going to be beneficial for the team because you as the leader invited them there because they were important to the topic at hand. And you're going to have to learn the people you're going to have to draw out more than other people. And if that means having a few minutes of awkward, not a few minutes, a few seconds of awkward silence, that's okay. This is a great skill if uh, you are doing like a Bible study or leading a small group. You want to be doing this too in those situations as well. And these are great transferable skills that you can have if you're leading a Bible study and you um, can basically then you can lead a business meeting because what you talk about a Bible study is a far more emotional, passionate kind of topics opposed to a business meeting. So if you can lead a Bible study, you can lead a meeting, no a business meeting, no problem at all. Let's see. Number six, if you and there's seven of them, so there's one more after this, if you If you have 10 to 20 people and a ton of questions, use a Google Doc to make a list of questions. Leaders sort questions by priority discussion order. I've never actually had this issue because we've always, uh, well, I guess I shouldn't even say it that way. I don't know if we've ever had a list of questions to knock out for meetings for me. If I have a list of questions, I will go to a subject matter expert, a SME, or I will go to uh, an authority, authoritative figure 
or I will try to collect the answers as best as possible. And then if we need to like work through a document or work through a checklist or anything like that, that would kind of lead to these kinds of questions, I probably would send it out and have people give me back their feedback in a non-meeting situation and then find a couple people or a, the smallest amount, a group of people to go through the doc together and discuss it and see if there's any issues we have. But then I still wouldn't even go through line by line of a document. I just don't think meetings are uh, the place for that kind of stuff. So I agree, Calvin, Google Doc, Office, Quip, whatever you're going to use, don't use a meeting to go through a list of questions. It's boring. It drags on and people are going to check out and not be engaged. And there's just better ways to respect people's time. All right, number seven. And then we're going to get to my Twitter poll where I ask, what is the most annoying thing people do in meetings? And you want to hear this because you want to make sure you're not doing these things because it's going to really help you in your career if you're not being one of the annoying people in meetings. Because even when we get back from the coronavirus, you're going to have online meetings. You're going to have phone call meetings. You don't want to be doing these things. It's just going to help you. People are going to like you. People are going to want to work with you. People are going to want you on projects where meetings are going to happen because you're not going to do these annoying things. So just to make sure you stay tuned for that. Number seven, the best meeting is a canceled meeting because you've already found the answers through other means. This can always happen, but if you can resolve an issue over chat or email, do it. I don't even need to add on to that. That is perfect. But I will say this in a different note under the same kind of guys is there's people in the world who feel like they justify their position by having meetings. Don't be one of those people. You don't need to have a booked calendar to be important. Being accessible, being somebody who has an open door, being someone who is available for chats or in prompt meetings. Those are some of the most valuable people you can work with because you can't always wait a couple of days to find an open time slot on a calendar. And so if you can do things like solve problems without meetings, if you can talk with somebody and get to the bottom of it without creating a meeting, do that. Keep your calendars as free as possible. Don't try to justify your work by having a full schedule where people have to like book you two weeks out in advance. It's just, it's rude. It's not considerate of others. And you're not fooling anybody. There are plenty of people I know that have, well, I mean, they have meetings, but there are people that have 10, they have time throughout the day and they're most, they're one of, they're some of the most valuable people in the organizations that they work for. And then I've seen people with booked calendars where you would think they're the CEO and they're the most worthless employees I've ever seen in my life. It, it, it could go both ways. And if you work with them long enough, a calendar is not going to fool anyone. Do not think a calendar is going to fool your colleagues, your boss, or the people that report to you. It's just not going to happen. All right, we're going to get to my poll next. There's a lot of good ones on here. It's really funny. Before we do, we got to talk to you about Kingsman Grooming Products. Go over to kingsmangroomingpros.com. You can see... I upgraded, got some more aftershave stuff to make sure that my under, my neck area doesn't break out, make sure it stays, stays extra smooth and sm soft and doesn't get all itchy. Ooh, I hate itchy skin. And I you know, continue to have my beard products. You see that I'm growing this thing out long. I'm long because the coronavirus people told me to cut it and to shave it. So I'm growing out long just to spite them. I may stay in my house locked away, but I'm not shaving my beard. So I have Kingsman Grooming products. Go over to kingsmangroomingpros.com, support a Christian company, get high quality products. I love this stuff. It's so good. And you get 10% off when you use HTBT. Go over to kingsmangroomingpros.com. It's so good that they send me free stuff, 
but I use so much of it that I end up buying more on my own. I just got my own last shipment that where I spent money on myself. I got the little shaving pack. So do yourself a favor, do what I do, and go over to kingsmangroomingpros.com, put an HTB team to check out, and you'll have three great reasons to buy these products. Amazon shut down. They're not even giving you essential stuff anymore. They're just doing groceries. So when you need beard products, go to Kingsman Grooming Pros right now. Just go do it, and you won't regret it. I promise you. All right. So this is the Twitter poll. And again, follow me, How to Build 10 on Twitter, if you want to be part of these. They're really fun. Um, Let's see. What did I say? What are some of the most annoying things people do in conference calls? And you know there are those, right? Can you just think of certain people in your uh, meetings or in your organization that are like doing super annoying things? Oh, my gosh. There's, there's a few of these in here. Excuse me. I had to make a tequila sunrise because my orange juice is going bad. So I have to use up my all my rations you know, under our quarantine. <laughs> One of the things... That drives me nuts from people that work from home on meetings between you and me is the people that have kids, dogs, TV, radio in the background during meetings. Like if you want to have that stuff going on, if you can work with all that stuff and be efficient and provide value to your organization, more power to you. But have a quiet atmosphere, people, when you are in a meeting when people are in a meeting with you, they don't want to hear your dogs. They don't want to hear your kids. They don't want to hear all this stuff. Now, there is those, you know, that one-off time, understandable, forgivable. But when it's a pattern, you, you're getting the eye rolls. You might not see it if you're not doing like a Zoom meeting. You're not doing a Google Hangout. But people are eye rolling at you when they hear your dogs and they know your dogs. When you know someone's on the phone because you hear their dogs and you recognize it, you have a problem. You have a problem. All right, so... These are the options. I'm going to go, oh, we have a tie tie for last. There's the other, put in comments, which we'll get to, 10% of the vote. I'm rounding up, so these aren't going to be perfectly 100. The other 10% of what is the most annoying things people do in conference calls, the number tied for third place, announce themselves late. This is where you show up to a meeting 10, 15 minutes late, that's fine. And as soon as the beep, beep sounds, Matt's here. Matt's here. And in the middle of somebody talking about something in a presentation, something, some kind of discussion that's happening, whatever it is, you don't know what it is because you're just showing up. Matt's here. If you are going to be late to a meeting, do not show up and be, Matt's here. You show up late and you be quiet. You put yourself on mute and you stay there until the appropriate time. If you need to announce to the world or at least to that meeting that you are there and you're late, and it could be legitimate. Maybe you're one of the critical people that need to be there. Did you did you hear that? That's my fake typing. Type in the chat. Hey, Matt's here. Or wait until there's a break in conversation and then say it. But do not just go crazy dropping in like a para, paratrooper and Matt's here and don't care what's happening. You're shooting and you're killing the conversation, making it awkward. Don't be that person. So that was number three. 10% of the people voted agreed with me. That's the most annoying thing people do on conference calls. Number two, second place. Go on hold with music. Oh my gosh. This happens sometimes. And I don't even know how it happens still. I don't even know who still dials in with a phone. I have voice over internet. VoIP. Is it voice over internet protocol? Anyways. 
But people go on hold and then there's the hold music that is playing in the meeting. So you're on hold. Maybe you checked another line. Maybe you just put on hold so you can talk to somebody in your office. I don't know why people go on holds in the meetings. Can't just mute it. I don't know. Go on hold. And then there's music for everybody else to hear until we figure out who it is and can mute you or until you get off your call. Please do not be this person. Please don't. Don't be the paratrooper and don't be the orchestra in your meetings. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Number one. Okay, so that was that was 13%. 70% of you voted for this number one. Don't use the mute button. You know how this goes. You're in this serious conversation. We're talking, going through this list. We're going through this poll where they're sharing this poll. And it's it. You know what's happening over? I, I can't believe Randy did that either. Can you believe that? And it, you're just, what, excuse me? Like, who is that? Who is that? And you're distracted because people don't know how to use a mute button. Or it's something like this. <coughs> or however people cough and sneeze. People, the mute button is a glorious thing. 70% of you agree. Make sure you use the mute button. If possible, schedule the meetings with mute on automatically. Automatically. Oh, I just hiccuped. Too many sound effects. Too many sound effects. Too bad there is not a mute button for a podcast. Or I would have used it for that hiccup. All right. Let's go through the other. Remember, 10% of you had others, and some of these are hilarious. I love it. Taking the headset to the bathroom and forgetting to mute. Oh, yes. I have heard of people. I've, I mean, I'm not have heard of, like, I didn't experience this. But someone in a meeting, we actually heard... <laughs> Then go into the toilet for the office. <laughs> and so you're in multiple bathrooms flushing, and you hear him washing his hands, you hear the small talk, and you could pick up who it was by who he was saying hi to. <laughs> Don't be that person. If you have to go to the bathroom with your headset on, if you work from home, in the office, whatever it is, please make sure triple check. If there is anything ever to triple check, it would be. To be going to the bathroom while you're on a meeting. Here's some annoying things that you can say from the comments. This is a good one by Eric. Injecting meaningless tangential. 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 Okay. I'm not educated. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm educated, but apparently English is not my first language, even though it is. But what he's saying is things on the tangent. I'm just going to say it like that so I can pronounce it correctly. You know those people who feel like they just need to contribute. And so they talk about something that really has nothing to do with anything you're talking about, but it may just have the smallest amount of relevance, but it really doesn't. Again, this goes back to trying to prove that you're worth or you're valuable to an organization. Let your work speak for itself. Let your valuable contributions at the correct time when it means something be enough. Don't schedule meetings when you don't need them. Don't Add conversation, just add conversation. Trust me, people know and people realize what you're doing. Some other things that people do that can drive people bananas is when you hear somebody say something that's really great and you want to say something like, oh, I was thinking the same thing. I was about to say that. Or I was just about to say the same thing. 
or I, I couldn't agree more. I was just talking about that with somebody else. Look, you don't need <laughs> to prove that you have the same idea that somebody else did that beat you to it. Just tell them they had a great idea. Give them confidence. Give them encouragement. That's a really great idea. I agree with you. Don't try to make it about yourself. Don't be a me monster. I love Brian uh, Regan. Brian Regan has this great this great me monster bit. where he, He's like, being an astronaut has got to be one of the best things in the, in the world. You could just sit back and let somebody talk all about themselves. And then when it gets quiet, when they're done with all of their rants, and then they say, well, I walked on the moon and the me monster can't top you. Of course, he says it much better than I do, but I absolutely love that. <laughs> Don't be a me monster. Don't feel like everything has to be about you because it doesn't. So those are some tips for those of you who are new to working at home, that are new to doing video chats, video meetings, online conferences. Take those to heart. Trust me, you will be respected. You will be liked. You will be promoted faster if you take those checklists of etiquette. Make sure that you are a strong leader when you're leading a meeting and you're not doing any of these annoying things that we talked about on the poll. Let's go out, be successful, enjoy your meetings, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless.